0: My friends, what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe. Join our intrepid remembrancers as they explore the Heresy as history. From deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of Tisca, we are the Heresy grad school. So said the Warmaster in his wisdom. Go forth, my sons, and illuminate them. Retribution is the most ancient of laws, that first order of primordial justice, that an eye be claimed for an eye, a life for a life, one atrocity heaped upon another in relentless bloody arithmetic. There are those who would say it was bred in mankind's bones, that it is a principle that came before our most distant ancestors even had the words to express its measure. Vengeance is in our nature, and it will not be denied. So has it ever been with humanity, so it was with those who sprung from humanity's stock, so it was with the space marines as the aftershocks of the Great Betrayal and the tragedy of Istvan were joined in the blows of fresh massacre and perfidy at Kalf and Fal, and Mars, and in time even those fell echoes were drowned out by the roar of a war that tore like a hurricane across the galaxy, a war in which every life lost was but a drop of blood in a torrent the likes of which had never been seen every life lost cried out for vengeance for retribution lost in this red cataract were great battles and petty skirmishes without number of which only the greatest now remain to the minds of most who lived through those dark years the apocalypse of beta garmon the great titan death the shock of the wolf cull All but forgotten and unknown besides these battles, whose infamy will last a thousand years, lie untold others. Every tragedy crying out for more blood in its turn. It was an immensity of war the human mind cannot comprehend, and yet even within this tumult there were wars fought that were never meant to be known. On those fields fought shades of battle whose origins and goals were shrouded, even as their fellows fought, in bold panoply, declaring either emperor or warmaster as their cause, somewhere little more than renegades and marauders, turncoats, byblows, others the shattered remnants of legions and armies spent like tears, the dead yet alive. Within the shadow wars they moved, and with them those who carried the secret writ of great powers, servants of the sigilite and disciples of the eye alike, working ruin in their wake. It was retribution that linked them all, those who sought it, and those upon whom the blade would fall in payment for their sins. Whether it was vengeance for fallen brothers, for a fallen father, a shattered oath, or simply for the murdered dream of unity in an age of darkness. When all else was lost, retribution was all that was left.
1: Accessing Records Ninth Legion Cognomen, The Blood Angels Field Report Decahelion 34458 dot six six three slash lambda eight tac six seven five tac zero one seven dot m thirty one battle fleet vendence nostramo sector consul vigilator sargon Varsaris thirty third company ninth chapter investigation of the tannibol facility wreckage Deployment Analysis
2: Upon entering the Nostramo system, 33rd Company Command was notified that no active Night Lord's combat units had been detected in system, allowing no opportunity for further vengeance in Lord Sanguinis’s name. The only contacts on our Alga readouts were long-dead ship hulks and the remains of the fortress moon Tenebor, all of which read negative for power or targeting our missions. The thirty third Company was returned to standby from active alert, with the response sections remaining at combat readiness in case of hidden hostiles. As the acting commander of the response sections in the wake of Praetor Kalon's death at Sothis, yet more of our best lost to the traitors. It fell to me to lead Recon elements in the sweep of Tenebor. We were issued three directives by Interim Chapter Command. Determine if Tenebor remained under hostile control gather any intelligence of enemy disposition or strength in the Nostromo sector, and mark any usable supplies and munitions for later recovery. In case of contact with determined resistance, we were under orders to fall back, alert the fleet, and hold a beachhead position until reinforced.
3: So the first thing we need to do is um, sort of be aware of the date of the data file that's being accessed. So this is not the present date. Um, everything is relative in the black books. But specifically, uh, these are data archives that are being like accessed um, that are way in the past from when they're currently being accessed by um, Alam Carpin, who's AK. So I love this because uh, we have another mystery to sort of Um, piece together and sort out, and we have a date. So the date is 8-TAC-675-TAC-017.M31. Now, for people that are not super familiar with the Imperial Dating System, um, sort of the old lore, Space Crusade, Rogue Trader era, established this dating system. And the first number is the check number, right? So we have uh, a number between 1 and 9 with 0, meaning that the event occurred on Terra. So unless it occurred on Terra, you will never see a 0 in that first check number space.
4: So for for a good example, the Siege of Terra will always have a 0 there, right?
3: yes to my knowledge yes um and a one means that it occurred in the soul system so it's the closest to uh you know Terra, the throne world and then an eight is an estimation in quotations right not really sure um and I think a nine is like just totally unreliable. Jason, do you remember what a nine is?
1: I do not off the top of my head.
3: Yeah, I don't either. I know it can go up to nine, but I think I feel like a nine is something that's just way unreliable. Like it's
1: it's like a, a guess. It's like stabbing the warp.
4: You're in the eye of terror. Yeah. You're, you're I
1: think nine is supposed to be vaguely educated supposition.
3: Yeah. Definitely. Um, so what we have here actually is is really high. It's an eight. And that makes sense because uh, we are way out on the eastern fringes, as we've discussed before, right? We're almost in uh, the ghoul stars. So the amount of time that it takes for this astropathic message to get back Um, is really sort of a plus or minus 20 years, uh, which seems crazy, but that field report could have occurred, um, well, obviously not minus 20 years, but could have occurred at any point between sort of 0.117 and probably 0.37. That's a bit of a stab in the dark, but that is what sort of that that number means um so now we've established the sort of uh, i guess the validity of that first check number now we can dissect the second string of numbers which is the year fraction and rather than dividing the year into 365 days it's divided by a thousand so it's a ridiculously complex and I feel rather annoying form to calculate. It's not used by the majority of the population, uh, even on uh, Terra or in you know the outlying Imperium, even in M uh, M forty, so or M forty one. As a fraction of the year, though, if we start on January first and assuming it's not a leap year. And this puts us somewhere around September 3rd, right? So it's 675 as a fraction of a thousand. So really three fourths. So if you take three fourths of a year, right? And you start on January, which I feel like is also sort of a guess, but you get yeah, some assuming
4: they still use, you know, the months that we know.
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? And I couldn't figure it out in any of the research that I did. So, um, But the rest is sort of self explanatory. Um, so that puts us at the year 30,017. Um, and here we are, post Siege of Terra.
4: Trying to find some Night Lords.
3: Try, trying to find some Night Lords. Right? Fucking
4: like needle in a haystack over here.
3: Man. For real. For real, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely get there. Um, this this uh, battle fleet vengeance, the Nostromo sector. Uh, so I think this is definitely a Blood Angels fleet. Um, so when we talked about it last episode, we talked about sort of elements of. Um, you know, the blood angels, the ultramarines, the dark angels sort of going out. I do not think this is a combined arms fleet. I think this is this is a fleet made up solely of blood angels of the 33rd Company, ninth chapter. And they're being led by a consul vigilator by the name of Sargon Varsaris. And we got to hear him in his own voice earlier, which I think was super cool. Um, and I, l- I love that we have this sort of look at a console vigilator who I had to go back and look in the Red Book about like what a vigilator was. And remind myself because I don't play Legion Legion of is very often. I have a um Thousand Sons list and that's it. Um well I have a Sons of Horse list, but I never play them. And so I've I've never used a vigilator in any of my games. Jason, have you? Because I feel like you do this much more than I do. I do.
1: Um I have a Vigilator in each of the three uh, little Alpha Legion armies I built for Zone Mortalis because they are terrific. Uh, they're like the uh, grown-up version of a Seeker. Which uh, are pretty great because they get like access to the different types of ammo, uh, like the Scorpius bolts and the Frag bolts. and It's good stuff. It's like an HQ version of one of those dudes
3: yeah definitely um so i had to dig around in the lore a little bit myself to to remind myself of what these what these guys were and on page 21 in the red book um a legion vigilator consul is a highly skilled hunter among their brethren operating often on their own or in command of reconnaissance detachments They're the eyes of the Legion on the ground, their wisdom paramount in scouting out the foe's disposition and strength and determining the best place to strike. Uh, They have uh, sort of sabotage and assassination arts, as well as um, they're more inclined to see the subtlety in their military targets. So makes perfect sense to put one of these guys in charge of, you know, a task force that's out there scouting out sort of enemy strength and disposition. So that was really cool to see, you know, the sort of the, the lore mirror, the rules and, and vice versa in, uh, in this uh, little section here. So,
4: yeah. So he's essentially an assassin that's got rank.
3: Yeah, maybe I don't know how the Blood Angels operate. Certainly, that would be within his like purview, you know. Um, Probably decapitation strike kind of stuff. Yeah,
4: I know. Whenever I think of vigilators, because the only times I've ever seen anybody run them were either for were either for Alpha Legion, Night Lords, or Raven Guards. I've never seen them run with any other Legion. So I know it's kind of interesting
3: yeah i it's I love it. um'd love to see this a blood angels force modeled around sort of, you know uh, this thirty third company. and the other thing we we really sort of need to pay attention to as we go through this story is the import of the ninth chapter, right? so we have the thirty third company um underneath the ninth chapter of the. Ninth Legion, cognomen Blood Angels. Uh, that ninth chapter designation becomes very, very important. The thirty third company, it's just one company among many, um, but uh, but the ninth chapter will definitely play play a big role in, in what's to come. No spoiler alerts there, but we are danger close to. The Codex Astartes, and uh, and you guys feel, feel like you guys know what's coming. All right. Well, uh, the rest of that datalog sort of reads that uh, Sargon leads recon elements on a sweep of the Tenebor facility. Uh, Jason's going to talk to you guys a little bit about the ten of, Tenebor facility, but it was a heavily fortified moon. It was supposed to protect the Nostromo Sector from invasion. That was the last report before um, the Siege of Terra. And the reports were that it had not been destroyed by Kurs. So, Jason, would you give give the listeners a little uh, deep dive on the fortress moon
1: of Tenebor? Sure. I don't think we can manage that. Uh, Tenebor, like Dave mentioned, it's a fortress moon. Uh, orbiting Nostromo, and it seems to have sort of the same uh, heavy adamantine composition that its uh, host planet does. So uh, when Kurz rolled back through and kind of steamrolled his old home planet, uh, this little fortress moon and a couple of other planets we can imply from that managed to kind of survive so it was originally in, uh, intended to be almost like a giant space station to kind of stand guard over uh, the original Nostroman planet. And uh, the fortress itself was actually carved into the moon. Um, it wasn't built on the moon. It was carved into the moon, the same way you'd see like you know buildings carved into the side of a mountain, except an entire fortress on a moon. Uh, and it was said to hold more armaments than possibly any capital ship, perhaps maybe uh, Phalanx, you know, Rogel Dorn's uh, big giant flagship. So uh, what's interesting, though, as the Legion itself, the Night Lord, slowly declined, heading into the Heresy at uh, 007 M31, Tenebor was actually way, way undercrewed. So it was built to be large enough to accommodate basically half of a legion at any given time, but it only had maybe three thousand uh, legionaries at it into the Heresy in the first couple of years, and at this point, like just three thousand are barely enough to operate like the basic functions of a station that large. Like a lot of the guns are down, a lot of like some of the auxiliary processes and things are down because they just don't have the you know, marines to operate everything, much less all, you know, the serfs and armorers and the just dozens of dozens of secondary personnel that it takes to keep each individual legionary fully combat operational. Um, But despite all this, uh, the commanders of this uh, retribution fleet rolling back in had expected to find it like, you know, to the gills, just armored up with a bunch of, you know, legionaries that had fled and had held up there in order to, you know, fortify an inevitable return attack. But again, like the rest of Nostramo they basically discover it gutted and lifeless, and this is kind of the first indication that there's this, you know, unknown misfortune making its way through the Nostramo sector. And because of the time, uh, and Horus still, you know, causing a lot of problems, even though uh, not directly, you know, in the rest of the galaxy. Uh, this retribution fleet kinda doesn't have time to figure out what's going on. They just kind of have to take it at face value and uh, keep rolling forward through the Nostro sector.
3: Yeah. I feel like we still don't like the, the loyalists still don't know what they're going to find when they're, you know, they're going in there and it's, let's be honest. It's still a, a large amount of space to be explored. Um, It's so large a sp- amount of space to be explored that, uh, you know, they don't really, you know, they don't really have accurate reports, even in M41. Um, They've sort of written off most of it. Uh, I don't know when the appropriate time to get into this is, but we all have read um, some pretty cool Black Library books uh, that I feel like you guys should go out and read. Uh, Robbie McNiven's The Outer Darkness, probably the most important among go them. read it. <laughs> yeah, definitely go read it before we get there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, a lo- it's a lot of uh, real estate to cover.
1: It is, but I think it's well worth it. Because, I mean, starting out, it, basically the setup, like this gutted fortress at Tenabor, like, this is how horror movies start, right? Oh, yeah, you know, 100%. Like, a big, you know, presumably bad military force rolls in, everything's lifeless, gutted, maybe some creepy tumbleweeds. And uh, But, yeah, uh, Outer Dark and uh, Red Tithe are both uh, pretty excellent books by Robbie McNiven on the Karkaradons that will give you a good good little hint and good little uh, bit of backstory into what's kind of going on here and what might have caused a bit of it. It's good stuff.
3: I feel like that's the point where we go dun dun dun.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, Pat, definitely. Uh, On next week's episode... (laughs) yeah, give us a good audio sting in there.
4: Some of that good, like old, like not not old, but like more retroy cartoon sounds like the Johnny Quest stuff and like that kind of stuff, just as a soundboard. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, well, cool. Um, do you guys want to talk any more about this little segment?
1: No, I think we are cleared for going into the objectives, uh, primary and secondary for next time. Yeah,
4: so
3: yeah, go ahead, Pat.
4: Oh, no, I was just gonna say, I think that covers it for us.
3: Yeah, we're not, I don't think we're gonna do a lot of housekeeping over the next few episodes just because we're sort of using a different format. Um, it's a lot more dialed in, uh, and I would love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, Let us know. And uh, yeah, I think we'll just keep it short and sweet.
4: Yeah, no need for plugs other than uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you uh, to our Patreons as well. And uh, I guess we'll leave you with that.